0: this is inside purple and gold all right back with inside purple and gold jace frederick Dane zutani breaking down minnesota's comeback 28 24 home victory over detroit here on sunday vikings moved to two and one um look like if if you tuned in at the end of the game if you watched red zone and you watched this game and that was all you saw it was like hey Kirk cousins and company comes back gets it done um and they did uh i, I want to give Kirk cousins credit on that i do feel like to some degree that narrative is illegitimate in my head of like things Kirk cousins can't do. I don't feel like he's ever been a guy where like in the last two minutes, if you just play prevent, he's not going to bust you up. Um, I think that's exactly what he will do. Um, Look, if you, it's not like, the two-minute drill comes and the Vikings need a score and he just freezes up. Um, there have been many times these last two or three years where he has led them down for a field goal, a touchdown, a go-ahead thing, whatever. Oftentimes then the defense would give it right back at the end of the game. But uh, look like he's a quality quarterback where, like, if guys get open and, and the line blocks, like he's gonna find them. And he did exactly that at the end of that game. Uh the thing is, like, if you can make life difficult for him, then he might kind of collapse, which he did the drive prior, frankly. Um, not diagnosing blitzes, no hot reads, um, just no no plan of what to do when the pressure comes up the middle. But Detroit made it easy, and Kirk Cousins, like, if you make it easy for him, he's going to absolutely destroy you. And that's where he is head and shoulders above all the quarterbacks in the league who might not always do that. Um, so Kirk Cousins does come through when the game was going the opposite direction for much of the day. Um, Detroit certainly aided in that, but like Kirk Cousins is good enough where if you screw up, um, if you might make life easy, if you can't figure it out, like he's gonna make you pay and and he did exactly that. And I think we've, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we've seen him do that a fair amount against teams playing that prevent style over these last couple of years.
1: No, I, I think that's true. Maybe it's because he has so much practice and just like marching right down the field in garbage time. He just feels really comfortable when, when teams are giving him stuff over, you know, underneath. Um, he, he loves throwing the check down. So he's pretty good at throwing those like those 10, 10, 11 yard digs over the middle. Um, this was no, not that. I'm,
0: I'm, Neither one of these was I'm,
1: that. I'm, I'm being critical. I'm being, I'm, I'm being a hater. Uh, yes, he's done that. Um, he has shown capable or the capability of, of, orchestrating game-winning drives. He did it against Detroit last year. Um, you know, Greg Joseph, I think he made a 54-yard field goal, but Kirk Cousins made two phenomenal throws in week five in, in the game that probably saved Mike Zimmer's job. Everyone remembers that interaction where they like got into a brawl on the sideline almost. Um, Kirk Cousins can do that. He's capable of finding these open receivers. He's, he's very accurate. He has a pretty good arm. The only thing that really, really gets to him is pressure, especially pressure up the middle. I don't know why you don't just dial up a. Bu- like, if they all, if, if you only have two options, the the option is what A, sitting back in coverage and letting Kirk Cousins scan the field while you rush three or four, or B, blitzing everyone, blitz 11 guys. The, the, B is, this is the better option because Kirk can't, he, Kirk won't see the blitz and he, and he won't diagnose it pre snap. And then he crumbles in pressure. So, well, I'm being a little hyperbolic with the, this example, but like what Aaron Glenn did. And the final drive of the game was embarrassing because we know how to beat Kirk Cousins. There's so much tape on how to how to pressure him, how to how to make him uncomfortable, uh, and 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 you just did that on the drive before. So the, the fact that they were just let him sit back uh, was, to your point earlier, just a t- terrible coaching malpractice. But give Kirk Cousins credit; um, they, the Vikings needed a drive. Desperately, um, they had put together a couple of drives throughout the day, throughout the second half. Um, but there's a lot of pressure when Kirk Cousins is getting the ball back after this missed field goal. US Bank Stadium's ready to erupt, but also probably get, feeling really restless over the course of this this Sunday uh, in, in Minneapolis. And, and there's a ton of pressure when you when you go under center getting the ball back down a field goal. He made two great throws. One, obviously, for the touchdown, game over. So, yeah, as much as. I'll take every shot I can at Kirk Cousins as much as I don't believe you can win a Super Bowl with him. Um, if we want to criticize him and we want to have this dialogue about him, we also have to give him a lot of credit when he deserves it. And today he deserved the credit.
0: He deserved it on the last drive. Um, and again, this kind of comes down to like, okay, if the Vikings defense doesn't get that final stop, we're talking about how pitiful the previous game tying, game winning attempt was because um, that was like non competitive, frankly. Uh, But then given another opportunity, given chance to sit in the pocket and relax with four guys coming after him and the offensive line protecting, like, yep, then he got it done. Uh, K.J. Osborne, I do want to talk a little bit more about that. Five for 73 and a touchdown. Now two for 56 of that comes on the final drive. But like there's an emergence there. And and just like that final play where you just watched, like, I didn't quite understand what Detroit was doing, but it was Mike Hughes and K.J. Osborne one on one and K.J. Osborne beat him and like. A second and a half, and then beat him by like six yards. Um, and to me, that's just an example of like, okay, this guy's a really good weapon. Um, and he's, he's a weapon good. who you can win deep with. And he also had a touchdown earlier in the game where Kirk Cousins just missed him by two yards, but mm-hmm. TJ ran wide open. Like, he's a good player. Like, we've seen it. I think this is kind of what we're looking at now. Detroit blitzed a lot in this game. Um, and the times they blitz from the outside, and whatnot, Adam Thielen was kind of like the hot read blitz beater um a lot of times he was where the blitz was coming from and and that was leading to like 10 yards eight yards 10 yards like the under route option and i think that's a good idea like i'd rather go to adam Thielen in those spots than irv smith so like if, if adam Thielen could be kind of your hot read like that's a great way to use adam Thielen. i'm not so sure if he can win a bunch down the field anymore we haven't seen that for a few weeks now uh, maybe it's to the point in the career where that's it um justin jefferson has now been taken out of games two weeks in a row, which is kind of surprising, but you have another guy who could win, who can win deep, who can like make massive plays for you, who can beat guys one-on-one consistently. That's KJ Osborne. So like use I don't know, look his way. I, that's, that's something that to me is kind of baffling when they don't, because every time we've seen this guy get opportunities, he makes the most of them. Um, maybe this is kind of the spark to, to like light the light bulb up for Kevin O'Connell and say, KJ Osborne. Interesting. Um, Maybe that's a guy, well, at least it's deep shots, whatever it might be, um, to get more opportunities.
1: I think so. And and bear with me as I go down this rabbit hole. And it's can't wait, it's a little flawed in thinking. Um, But obviously, Justin Jefferson for the first two weeks of his rookie season did not get used, did not get used properly. The Kubiaks hit him. I don't know what they were doing. Then he breaks out against the Tennessee Titans, um, goes for like 180, touchdown, gritties into the end zone, whatever. From that point forward, I think it was like the Vikings realized, well, oh, we should use this guy more. I am not saying that KJ Osborne is Justin Jefferson, but That's I am saying I heard. that when you, when you see evidence, even if it's anecdotal, manifest itself on a Sunday night or a Sunday, a, a Monday night, a Thursday night, believe it. Like this guy clearly can win. And I think we saw how the Vikings used Justin Jefferson at his rookie year moving forward. I think there's options and opportunities for the Vikings to use K.J. Osborne moving forward. Um, I don't think he has to be a decoy. I don't think he has to be someone that is seeding routes to Irv Smith, seeding targets to Irv Smith. I think he's a really good football player that deserves a prominent role in, in this offense. And I think maybe when you see him make big plays in big moments, this new coaching staff, this is the first time they've seen K.J. Osborne really make a big play at a big moment. Maybe you think to go to him more. Maybe you think this guy is someone we should try and scheme up open, um, and not just kind of use as a third route runner. Yeah,
0: I agree with you 100. Um, the the Vikings did obviously run the ball more in this game, and part of that is, and and this is even a game where they got down 14-0, um, and they got back in the game like building drives, running the ball. So some credit to Kevin O'Connell there. Like he talked about how kind of he was disappointed that he was trying to pass too much to tie the score. Um, in the game monday night in philly he did not do that here even when they got down both times in the first half and the second half um kept consistently running the ball i do think a big part of that is like well they were successfully running the ball Um like against philly when you're giving up two yards on first down it's hard to keep it coming they were ripping out chunks of eight ten yards very consistently like there was no reason not to there were times where it was like you know, the broadcast was like, oh, probably setting up a play action fake here. And it was like, no, don't do that Um, because there's no reason to stall this drive out. You were ripping off chunks again and again against this pretty porous lines defense. Um, So I think this is kind of the right mix. Um, I, I think this is, I don't think this is a team where you can just throw it 50 times. They got up to 41 today, which is obviously a lot, but like you've got to keep mixing with the offensive line you have, the quarterback you have, like the run has to be a consistent threat. Um, So I think maybe Kevin O'Connell is probably coming to realize that uh, the running game was, really kind of what got the whole offense sparked today. Um, so that was pretty big for Minnesota. And it probably opened some things up in the passing game as well. But what do you think now of Justin Jefferson? Like, hey, Kevin O'Connell said, hey, he had a good game. He had a big impact on the game, um, even if the stats just don't reflect it. But still, we have to do a better job of getting him open. But this is the second time in two games now, with Jeffrey Okuda and, and Darius Slay, uh, where Justin Jefferson has been largely a non-factor. Like, you could easily forget that he was on the field oftentimes today.
1: Yeah, I don't like that logic of, well, Justin ran his routes really hard and Detroit really tried to take him away. And because Justin Jefferson was getting so much attention, Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne were able to shine. Like, I dislike that logic. because
0: yeah, I'm just going to say, like, the offense, it wasn't like the offense was rolling all day today. There were many times where it was like, this is a strong goal. Uh, so it's not like Justin did this, so our offense got to flourish. Like, it didn't flourish, flourish. for a lot of the game.
1: And I think that's what you say, like that just is, is the right answer after a game like this, after two games Agreed. like this, if you're Kevin O'Connell, you just say that, oh, Justin's doing a great job. Um, part of this is on Justin Jefferson. Win, win, win yeah. more, uh, yep. you know, uh, on, a, on a on a play-by-play basis. But I think part of it's on the coaching staff too. Find creative ways to get him the ball in space.
0: Cooper Cup just that, scored on a it, reverse on an end-around touchdown today. Like
1: you know, it, it, it's you know, that's all Justin I ask. Yeah. Yes. Stop setting up the screens and the end
0: rounds for Jalen Rieger. Like, I know you love Jalen Rieger, but this is a very average football player. No gadget plays for Jalen Rieger anymore. Please. Right. So just just like
1: it has to start and stop with Justin Jefferson because for two weeks in a row now, like you who claim that you want to be the best receiver in football have gotten basically schemed out of the game completely, um, dominated in prime time, and then kind of just like, very underwhelmingly like not like invisible today but just like pretty what invisible do you do? like so yeah i 14, mean it's catches. pretty invisible
0: yeah anyway. um cj ham had just, more receiving yards than you, you were invisible
1: <laughs> okay yeah invisible invisible two weeks in a row uh coaches can scheme up the best uh plays imaginable and and that can get guys open but uh, if if you're the best receiver in the league you just have to get yourself open. You just have to, you know, be the guy who wins uh, that matchup. We saw with KJ Osborne, he beat Mike Hughes in that one-on-one matchup. Um, we don't obviously have the benefit of the All-22 and the tape and seeing how Detroit was scheming them. I'm, sure, I'm obviously sure they're shading over. It's not just Jeffrey Okuda and Justin Jefferson all against each other at all times. Um, there's a lot of nuance that goes into that Um But he he didn't win enough today. Um, He wasn't running open enough. Like How many times do you say when you watch Cooper Cup or when you've watched Stephon Diggs in the past or any other elite receiver in this league, Justin Jefferson, we've said this about him throughout his career, but like, wow, that guy is always open. He wasn't always open today, Um, and that's a problem. That's two weeks in a row now where he's been schemed out of the game. Um, I, I don't think this is some random, like, I don't think this is indicative of what's to come for Justin Jefferson because we've seen so much you know, good out of him over the past two years. But, I mean, I, I, I'm going to need to see a little more at at this point. Um, two weeks in a row, this happening to you is kind of unacceptable for a guy that, that claims he wants to be the best receiver in the league.
0: Yeah, I think we can say for now he's not. Uh, he's not the best receiver in the league. Like, And maybe that's an early season reaction, but like, Jeffrey Okuda shattered him today and just beat him. Um, and Darius Slay shadowed him Monday night and just beat him. Um, and these guys are really good corners, but they also get lit up sometimes too, by elite players. Like Cooper cup can't consistently every single week be better than Justin Jefferson. And we're saying Justin Jefferson's better. Um uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not like super worried about it. I think J- Justin Jefferson's going to have a great season, but like, you know, I, I think for him and, and Kirk cousins and the offensive staff, like they've got to figure this out because like, there's no question they're at their best when Justin Jefferson's thriving. Like that's when this looks like a machine that can't be stopped. That does not look like that. These last two weeks, I know 28 points today. I know a lot of offense, um, big chunk of that comes late on those last couple of drives when they're in desperation mode. Like there were a lot of times this year, the first and the third quarter today, it looked like this offense couldn't do a thing. Um, And that's alarming against a bad defense. And like this supposed to be the unit that carries this team. There's a lot to figure out Um, the offense, like whatever they have to do for like blitz pickups, um, figuring out keeping more guys back there, whatever the case may be offensive line shifting uh, protection, like figure something out because right now it is so like, it can be as blatant as you want. It can be as obvious that it's coming as possible for the opponent to say, we're sending two guys in the middle gaps and the Vikings will just sit there and the shotgun snap. And it's like, the eyes get big and it's like, Oh no, here they come. And the ball gets snapped. And that is it. Um, and it's, it's too obvious. It's like anybody can come up with that right now. And Minnesota's it just, it literally like darts off all possessions. So I think there's a ton to figure out offensively for Minnesota. Any more thoughts on that before we break?
1: Yeah. You'd figure after like two or three years of using zoom during the pandemic, you'd figure out how to unmute. Um, no, there's, I don't want to add too much more. I just like, I, the, this this team looked in week one like wow they're gonna be fun to fun to watch like wow like this was not they're not they're not fun to watch last two weeks week two against the eagles week three against the lions they have not been fun to watch this team has not been fun to follow um, you almost watch this this detroit win and, and say like ugh they didn't deserve to win that game um, yeah just be more fun and 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 a lot of that comes down to finding ways to to keep kirk clean in the pocket. Uh, but it's just it. No, the offense has left a lot to be desired, and, and we thought this was going to be this high powered unit. Um, it's not, maybe it will be. Um, it's still only week three heading into week four. The Vikings are two and one uh, heading into week four, so like it's not all bad, um, right? But it's not fun, it's not fun. Yeah, it, it's like it.
0: You talked about the home win last year where they just came back and kicked that field goal at the end. Um, and it was like, well, they won that game, that was hideous. That was a lot of their wins last year when they won, and that was exactly how this one felt. So, like, there's a, there's so much to figure out with this team, and we'll get to the defense here right after the break, but the offense is not excluded from that whatsoever.